Hello, welcome back to the Grow the Jazz podcast. I'm Jazz and I'll be bringing you fitness education with a practical application. How are we? I hope you are all doing well and have had a really nice weekend. So obviously it will be probably Monday when you're listening to this episode. For me, I'm having a pretty good week so far. I firstly, yesterday I hit a RDL an RDL PB, so 117.5 kilos for the first time, I believe it's the first time, and I've been stuck at 115 for a long time, and I say stuck, it's not really stuck in my mind, it is just the fact that I've been doing this exercise for years and years, and I like to keep it in my programme, and I understand that when I'm working so close to my limits in movement, progression is just slow, and quite a few weeks I just end up only being able to achieve the same weight and reps some weeks I add an extra rep here and there and then some weeks I feel ready to you know on the first set let me just add these little baby 1.25 kilo plates um and I did yesterday and I got seven reps and it felt pretty good so that was cool 120 kilos incoming at some point perhaps which would be really really cool as well so yeah that's that's that was a good start to my week Anyway, I'm sure you want me to get on to the topic of this podcast because it's a good one and we're going to be talking today about reducing gas and bloating and so when I'm working with clients one-to-one and they, if they say they've experienced more bloating um, or gas than normal, there is one place I tend to start um, and so we're going to discuss that today. We're going to talk about kind of the um, symptoms of bloating and gas and what you might be able to do to rectify it. Okay, bloating. This is a condition where your belly feels full and it feels tight and that is often due to a buildup of pressure or gas in the in the stomach area and it is different to the kind of more colloquial way I guess people use the term bloated when really they're just full after a meal so that's different you know having a stomach full of food is different to bloating um but a common cause of bloating is constipation um and signs of which can include things like unregular bowel movements um having to strain excessively to start or finish a bowel movement stool that looks like like pebbles or animal droppings um, and not feeling fully kind of empty after a bowel movement so that's what constipation might feel like and it can contribute towards abdominal pain and bloating Um, and you know the longer your stool stays in your colon the more time bacteria has to ferment what's there um, resulting in more gas and bloating. Other causes of bloating might include um, gut sensitivity, such as those with IBS, so irritable bowel syndrome, which can make people extremely sensitive to gas, which can be painful, cause cramping and diarrhea. But as the first port of call, if if you don't have one of those conditions or you don't know of those conditions, the first port of call that I look for um, when tackling gas and bloating is through nutrition. And the culprit is very often FODMAPs. So FODMAP being in kind of capital letters, um, FODMAP is an acronym. So it stands for fermentable oligosaccharides, disaccharides, monosaccharides and polyols. So that really doesn't matter that much. But basically FODMAPs are a group of sugars 
that are not completely digested or absorbed when in our intestines. So when they reach the small intestine, they move slowly and they attract water. And so when they pass into the large intestine, the FODMAPs are fermented by gut bacteria and this fermentation pro- uh, process produces gas and releases gas. That extra gas and water um, can cause the intestinal wall to stretch and to expand um, and because people with IBS, for example, have a really sensitive gut, the kind of stretching the intestinal wall is going to cause exaggerated sensations of you know pain and discomfort for them particularly. Many people will be able to eat a diet that is high in FODMAPs and be just fine. So it's not like FODMAPs are inherently bad. But, so, you know, th- there will still be gas produced through their rapid fermentation but it's for those with a more sensitive gut or IBS or certain intolerances to particular FODMAPs where actually we get that slow um, travel we get the kind of intestinal wall stretching expanding and we get those common symptoms such as the pain the excessive wind the bloating kind of distension of the stomach area and perhaps kind of an altered bowel movement or habit so you know diarrhea constipation or both um okay so we know what FODMAPs are now they're this group of sugars FODMAPs are found in quite a wide range of foods, including fruits, vegetables, breads, cereals, nuts, legumes, um, and other kind of confectionery. It is kind of impossible to guess the FODMAP content of a food. So there's no one thing you can, like all of these foods are high FODMAP. Instead, actually, they're needed to be kind of studied in a lab. So lab analysis is needed to kind of understand that FODMAP content of a food. When it comes to intolerances, we we all have different intolerances um, to different foods with varying degrees of severity. And it could just take a small amount of a specific FODMAP to cause quite a big response for someone. And so by figuring out if there are any specific FODMAPs that cause you problems personally, you can then avoid foods that contain them. So we've got a few options here. The first one is going through the process of an elimination diet. So that would be removing a specific food in your diet, so a specific high FODMAP food in your diet, and keeping everything else the same. And over a few weeks, monitoring how you feel, how your bloating is, how your gas is, to see if that was the root cause. I guess, you know, the pros to that is that you are going to identify which exact food is the issue and you can just remove that one food if it is just one food causing the problem. Alternatively, you could just reduce your overall intake of FODMAP containing foods. The downside of that, I guess the the pro of that is you're more likely to get rid of the food that is causing the issue. The con of that is that actually you might be removing foods that you have no issues with because you haven't found the one or two um, that are causing the problem specifically so there's kind of pros and cons to the elimination diet obviously with the elimination diet when you do one at a time you you're able to figure out which individual food is but it takes a longer time because you might remove one food for a few weeks the bloating's still there okay it might not have been that okay right now I'm going to 
I can reintroduce that, but I'm going to have to take out a different food. And so it's kind of trial and error that might take a slightly longer period of time. But they're the kind of two main ports of call. Quite often, people, you know, when I would discuss this with them, maybe in their check-ins and things, they'll be able to identify, oh, actually, I started eating more of this or I incorporated that into my diet. That could have been the reason. And, you know, if they've suddenly noticed a change in their gas and bloating. But if someone has been experiencing it for a long time, you know, we might need to go through the process of elimination or just an overall reduction in um, high FODMAP foods. So I'm just going to go through some examples of foods that are high FODMAP and some alternatives that are low FODMAP. So you might be able to look at some kind of replacements. So high FODMAP vegetables include things like artichoke, asparagus, cauliflower, garlic, peas, uh, mushrooms, onions, sugar snap peas. Whereas lower FODMAP veggies, you could try as an alternative, include things like aubergine, green beans, bok choy, um, bell pepper, carrot, cucumber, lettuce, potato, tomato, that might be a fruit depending on your opinion, Um, courgette or zucchini depending on where you're from. Moving on to fruits, FODMAP fruits include things like apples so and also apple juice, cherries, dried fruit, um, mango, nectarines, peaches, pears, plums and watermelon. So they can cause issues for some people. Um, whereas kind of lower FODMAP alternatives that could be better digested um, for some people include things like cantaloupe melon, um, grapes, kiwi, mandarin, orange, pineapple and strawberries. If we then go on to the kind of dairy products category, foods higher in uh, FODMAPs include cow's milk, uh, custard, ice cream, condensed milk, yogurt, um, whereas kind of lower FODMAP alternatives might include like an almond milk, uh, brie or camembert cheese, feta cheese, other kind of hard cheeses and lactose-free milk. Um, When it comes to protein sources, most legumes and pulses and some kind of marinated meats or poultry or seafood um, and some more kind of processed meats are all tend to be quite high FODMAP whereas things like eggs, firm tofu, kind of plain cooked meat, poultry or seafood and something like tempeh they're all lower FODMAP. Again just to reiterate when we're going through these you might digest high FODMAP foods absolutely fine and if you've got no issues keep going for it and most people will be able to eat these things no problem but this is just some examples of foods that you if you're experiencing um, regular uncomfortable gas and bloating these might be potentially any of these could be an issue for you doesn't mean all of them are an issue for you again like I said it does take a bit of trial and error to figure out which ones are causing the problem if, if it is a nutrition related thing So just to go on to the kind of bread and cereals related category, high FODMAP um, versions of those would be kind of wheat, rye or um, barley based breads and um, breakfast cereals and kind of biscuits and snack products. Whereas the lower FODMAP alternatives might include cornflakes, oats, quinoa flakes, uh, your kind of quinoa rice or corn pasta, uh, plain rice cakes sourdough spelt you know kind of a spelt bread or wheat rye and kind of barley free bread okay moving on to kind of sugars and sweeteners and confectory higher FODMAPs are 
high fructose corn syrup products, um, honey, sugar-free confectionery, quite a lot of people, stomachs, too much kind of of that sugar-free sweetener, sugar-free products. If you're having a lot of those kind of diet products and you've got bad you know, digestion or bloating, that could be the issue. I'd really look out for those kind of things in your diet. A little bit is fine, but if a big chunk of your day is sugar-free syrups or artificial sweeteners, etc., etc., it might it might be playing kind of um, wreaking a bit of havoc on your digestion. Um, and some lower FODMAP alternatives include dark chocolate, maple syrup, um, and kind of table sugar. And finally, in the kind of nuts and seeds category, cashews and pistachios are actually high FODMAP nuts, whereas things like macadamias, peanuts, pumpkin seeds um, and walnuts are low FODMAP op- options. And so the Monash University low FODMAP diet was created, it, it was actually created for those medically diagnosed with IBS. However, if you do personally experience these issues, identifying some high FODMAP foods that are in your diet currently and either kind of reducing them or eliminating them could make a big difference to your digestion, your gas and your bloating. So I definitely recommend checking out the Monash University um, low FODMAP diet for a bit of background information on that, particularly if you've got IBS, you may be able to pick up some kind of um, useful tips there. Now, if your issue is mainly is more kind of mild constipation, then thinking of other things such as making sure you've got a fiber rich diet, making sure you are staying well hydrated, you have regular movement throughout the day and exercise that can really help. But these steps won't work for, you know, more chronic constipation um, and other conditions like IBS or other kind of gastro conditions. They might require medical treatment. So it's, you know, if they these are persistent issues for you, it's, it's really important to speak to your doctor about your symptoms and see if there is something kind of more underlying there. But hopefully this episode has given you a chance to have a bit of a think about your kind of nutrition, maybe recognize, okay, oh yeah, this is me. I'm This is a problem I'm really struggling with. And maybe I need to try out this as a good start point. Or is it something more basic like, oh, actually my diet is pretty low in fiber or yeah, I do. I'm not very well hydrated or yeah, I do have a load of kind of artificial sweeteners or sugar-free X, Y, Z that that might be the problem and looking at kind of eliminating or you know substituting them with kind of lower FODMAP options could be a good idea as always if you've got any questions do just let me know if you'd like to work with me further um either one-to-one or join my group training program i'll leave all the links to that in the show notes i'll also leave the links to the low FODMAP diet a bit of information about that down below so you can access that as well but for now i hope you have a lovely rest of your day and i'll speak to you all again next week